We're back. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here with Casey Smith and Jarrett McKenzie. We do have a uh, case study. That's right. And uh, Jarrett, is this something that you ran into recently? We got uh, Reed and Kristen. Or, yeah, is that right? Kristen? That's right. Work with a financial advisor. Recently, Reed let his advisor know he invested in a Trump portfolio. He's seen an article where a fund manager touted his Trump for- portfolio. Uh, it was full of stocks that should do well, given the administration's policies. High fees, about 3%. Wow, that is high fees. Yeah, extremely. Um, yeah, and then the uh, the portfolio includes many of the same stocks that the advisor themselves actually recommend. So, uh, That's right. What you do in that situation? Yeah, well, the first thing I did was come to see you. <laughs> it's <laughs> something we looked at together, and, you know, it, it is just something that uh, has come up a couple of times now. And, frankly, you might expect it to, given that, you know, when there are big changes like this, uh, perhaps one in, in the administration, you know, some companies will take advantage of that change in terms of designing a product like this one around it, because basically it is an election fund that has pulled a group of investments together, uh, in this case stocks, uh, that are or, or would hope to be designed in a way uh, so that they would do well if, you know, dependent upon what the current administration's policies are or were promised to be. And so, uh, you know, what we found in this case was not only were, was the advisor actually investing by investing in this in this fund, he was he was also over investing in companies that he already owned because he was buying more exposure to the companies that he had in the portfolio that we helped uh, them manage with or that we helped them manage. So uh, one of the things to, to keep a close eye on here when considering uh, you know basically products like this is, how might that affect the other side of your portfolio or the re- or the rest of your portfolio? Because, sure. you know, you can uh, – there's there's a number of different angles here uh, that you might want to keep an eye out for, but that would be one of the first places I would start is to say, is there any duplication in what I'm buying and, you know, what I've already got? But not to mention, what is that going to cost me? Because in this case, given that there was duplication, it actually turned out that the, with the fund's fees being 3-plus percent, over 3 percent. Well, we don't have it, a single client that I know of that's paying something like that. Not no, at all. Nowhere close. So, and that's the smartest thing to me that, that Reed did during this whole thing was to communicate that to you, that he had right. you know, invested in this. It probably would have been better had he done that before he invested in this because <laughs> exactly. you might have been able to yeah. steer him. Uh, in the right. in a different direction. Well, and look, if it was truly something that he still wanted to buy, what we could have done was tapered back or, or, or trimmed down some of the weightings in our portfolio so that as he does gain this exposure to this fund and therefore the exposure to the companies within it, he's not becoming overweighted by a result of purchasing that product because unknowingly he did that to himself and he wouldn't have intentionally done that. But, you know, when these products get put together like this and then ultimately sold by by an advisor that is likely earning a commission to sell it, uh, that's not something that's really being considered. I mean, they're using, it's essentially a marketing gimmick, in my opinion. Gimmick, absolutely. Completely. It's not that dissimilar to the, the dog leasing situation. There's, a, there's yeah, right. something out there for everybody. Sure. Yeah, and, well, uh, and emotion, I think it really does play into a situation absolutely. like this. Why in the world? I mean, you know, I'm, I'm uh, I guess, a casual observer of uh, politics, and, and for my position, I, I need to watch it pretty closely, but uh, try to keep the emotion at a minimum. I, I try to look at things through the 
you know, through more of a prism of what's what in reality might we get from something like this? Sure. I, we didn't go out and blindly uh, rebalance our portfolios to to include new and strange stocks, right? Because we got a new president. Now no, you might make some allocation changes, sure. you know, increase weights uh, in this situation to financials right. and, and reduce those that are. Uh, maybe rate sensitive, but we didn't go out and say, "Hey, look, this is our new right. portfolio." Well, and the bottom line is, you you, you have to take a longer term perspective. Than, Absolutely. Than just, I mean, the current administration, you know, it'll be there for four years, maybe eight. Maybe. Um, yep. But you know, the, the when you use our investment philosophy, the ten year rule, you're you're looking out at least ten years as far as equities are concerned to, right. to know that you've got time to recover. So you want to be in a well diversified portfolio. You don't want to be that short sighted, and and thinking that you know the world's either going to be coming to an end or doing extremely sure. well. You kind of have, have to have a nice balance between uh, what your expectations are. Because over the long period of time, uh, you're going to generally perform pretty well in a large cap equity portfolio. Sure. And, um, and that doesn't have to be expensive because in truth, uh, you know, this product in particular was pretty diverse within and of itself. But sure. It's also one that was extremely high fees, and I think the telltale sign to us when Troy and I uh, initially looked at it was at the time, now this was early February, so almost a month ago, but since the inauguration to the point in time in which we looked at the day that we looked at it, the fund actually had positive performance, and the client's performance was negative. And sure. so you can see how that, that those fees actually are creating a much higher hurdle rate than what's necessary. And our general Absolutely. philosophy is that, look, there's a cheaper way to do what you're probably trying to do in owning that product through maybe owning individual securities sure. or other ways. The point is it doesn't necessarily take a high fee structure in order to generate a high return. And in this case, it actually prevented the, the client from returning at all. Often. Right. We've been running into often. it. I mean, we've created a case study around uh, Reed and Kristen here, but the reason we did that is because this has come up a few times now, and so we felt like we needed to address it given that since the inauguration, clearly there's been a lot of things happening. Th what has it been, 12 or 13 new record highs oh, since yeah. the inauguration? Uh, so seems one you, every day. Right. <laughs> the, the fact that there are advice advisors or companies out here that are creating products designed at, I don't want to say manipulating investors or clients because that's not necessarily what's happening. It's just that they're packaging investments together as a product to try and entice people to invest in a certain way and in doing so actually uh, making it very expensive to do uh, when they could do virtually the same thing in a much cheaper way. And that's right. sort of the point we're trying to get across here is that, in, you know, if you're looking at one of these products, be it an election fund like the one in question as it relates to this, this, this quote-unquote Trump portfolio or, or really a lot of other products uh, that you might be considering, also consider ways in which you might be able to accomplish your objective cheaper because, you know, it, it, in many cases that will uh, actually, be how it pans out. I don't. I don't think that these type fees, again, three, three and a half, almost four percent, are necessary. Well, and the reason that they're able to get away with that kind of thing, Jared, is you know, obviously, it's something that's not easily uh, seen by the client. Right. I mean, it's a, you tack a fee onto a fund, a, right. a pooled investment product like this, and and it just comes off the net asset value of that fund. Exactly. And so you don't necessarily know what the fee is. Yep. Um, well, uh, most people don't. You're absolutely right. That's a great point. Well, so, and, and there's another thing, too. You just said 
you know, what's what's the uh, longer term strategy? Yeah, you don't want to make this op- or allow this opportunity to get away. I don't know if that's really the best way to look at the market. But if you're if you're doing something that doesn't really fit with a strategy that you've already got in place, mm-hmm. uh, you, you need to be careful of that too. So. Yeah. You know, in this particular instance, uh, you can see overlap with other stocks that you already own. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it'd be real easy to, to overweight in a position that uh, that you uh, might not expect to do well. And sure. you know, your ultimate point was paying three percent for negative earnings or negative returns. That right. just hurts. Well, it, it creates a, a heck of a hurdle rate, right? I mean, it, absolutely. Let's say, the, and these are viable investments. In fact. That's where some of this duplication is coming from. There, there's five or six or even more of these that we've seen in these election funds that a lot of our clients already own and are recommended by our firm. And so they don't necessarily need to be going out and, and spending much more on the same investments while also overweighting those investments and, and doing something that might be working uh, against the strategy that they've already got in place. I, I personally don't don't know that they're – I mean – Again, personally, looking at this, I might say as as an advisor, if this were pitched to me, look, why can't I just go out and buy those same investments? Now, granted, that's going to require that you also manage those investments on an ongoing basis. But compare that initial cost to what the initial cost of these products are going to be and say – and especially if you've already got an advisor, yeah. you might—I mean—have this conversation up front with them and say, "Look, here's what I'm considering. I don't know whether or not it's—it's—it's it's it's something I should consider, but I wanted to get your opinion on it because there's no—there's no harm in that, right?" Sure. So I would say that's a lesson here as well. Yeah. So it's all about communicating with your advisor because it had you know in in any of these cases had they brought forth. Here's here's something I'm looking to buy. We could take a look at the prospectus, at the the offering, see what are the underlying investments, and if it's substantially similar to what we're already doing for you at a much cheaper, you know, let's call it one percent compared to three percent, why wouldn't you just, you know, right. put more money into the one percent? Exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, it's a, yep. it's you know, it, it just makes sense from from that perspective and looking at it from a fee standpoint, um, you know, that's. It's obviously you're going to get a more, to Jarrett's point, you have a lower hurdle rate so that once you clear that hurdle rate, it's all profit from there for you. Clearly in this particular case, too, a professional is able to look at the details of the fee and make much better sense out of it as well. So uh, all things considered, basically we're just uh, encouraging you all to uh, ask your advisor. It's probably a good thing to do. That's and, right. And, and it would have cost them how much extra, Jarrett? <laughs> not not at all, at least not under at our dollar. fee structure. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, that's that's the good thing about having somebody come alongside you in the manner that we do. Sure. Uh, this kind of feeds into a larger conversation that we've been having the past few weeks about fees and comparing them between, be it an RIA and a broker-dealer or between investments themselves. I mean, you couldn't compare an advisory fee that you pay an RIA, say just a flat fee for the services that they perform for you, to what you are paying for this product because it's not apples to apples. Guys, let's take another quick break. Music's a little better this time, right? Maybe yeah, it's a Sounds good to me. All right. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. 
Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.